was freaking out of. This, this is Brock and Salk. I don't read the internet, guys. Presented by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. Take the bull by the hands. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. And Brooke Huard. And Brooke Huard. Now here are your hosts, Brock Huard and Mike Salk. All right, final hour here today of Brock and Salk Seattle Sports on 710SeattleSports.com. We'll, of course, close it out with a good ranking. Mariner off day today, and then uh, they return home for the big homestand. Uh, and uh, Julio Funko Pop Night, Brock. That's a uh, Tuesday. That's next Tuesday, August 29th. Oh. Julio making his Funko Pop debut nice. on Tuesday. First 20,000 fans will have a chance to head home with one of these can't-miss collectibles. By the way, I'm told every time the commercial comes on, Cecily, very excited. Oh, that's so cute. She loves it. So you're going. I'm just saying she's yeah. really into the uh, to the Julio Funko Pop. Gotcha. That's really all I'm saying. Tickets at Mariners.com slash promotions. Good conversation with Jerry DePoto. I mean, obviously, the thing that first jumped out to me, and there's a lot in there, uh, is what's going on in their bullpen. And and I just I watched yesterday, and you, know, you manage along with the manager going, okay, ninth inning, Munoz pitched yesterday. It was only four pitches, so I think Jerry's explanation made sense. But he had to get up. But you had to wonder, okay, mm-hmm. where was Matt Brash, who had not pitched for longer or in a longer amount of time? And so we asked Jerry about it. Yeah, that's great. You know, he, he came out of the series with Houston, feel a little banged up, and we were trying to give him a few extra days. Our pitching staff in general has has really carried a lot of the water. And, and Matt, especially through that Kansas City series and, and on into Houston, picked up a lot of it. Mooney had only thrown four pitches uh, the night before last. And I think four pitches, three strikes, cleaned it up pretty quickly. And he's generally been the go-to in that position anyway. So it wasn't a very difficult decision. And it was made easier by the fact that we were hoping to give Matt one more day. And one more day means another day because that's today with another off day. One more day was actually going to be two more days. Right. And you saw that with Mooney earlier on the trip, too, where they could give him a couple days and just get back. Just, you know, it's like Mike Tyson's punch out, man. That energy bar starts to go down. You get knocked down. You're just like hitting the button. Get up, get up, get get. You know, you're trying to get that energy all the way back. And you want more hearts. Yes. You want more hearts. And you want to get that energy. Can you? And at this time of year. 130 games in, you're probably never getting it to 100. Right. Those guys are not going to feel like they did in late March in that Arizona. Their bodies don't, their elbow doesn't, their shoulder doesn't, their legs, I mean, everything. You're just, you're beaten down. So when you get a chance to give them, and as he said, he's a little banged up, and you give him a chance to give him two, three days. You gave GP, JP, I mean, with the concussion, he gets some time. Tom Murphy gets some time. Julio gets a little bit more time with the with the bug as well. So you hope that that starts to pay dividends as you rest those yeah, guys. Yeah, I, I think it makes sense. And I, I don't know that I hear he's a little banged up. I don't panic over that. He didn't say, yeah, you know, his elbow was a little sore or his shoulder was a little sore. You know, they're trying to get the guy an extra day of rest. That doesn't lead me to panic. But it's certainly going to be something I'm watching, right? I mean, like, just given the state of their bullpen health and knowing that they traded Paul, which, again, I understand why they did it. But with no Paul and no Penn Murphy, and now all of a sudden you're watching, you know, again, I don't don't, think Munoz looks quite right You don't want guys to press offensively. You, You don't. You just want them to be, as Rojas said, just be loose. Be whom you are. 
But when you're facing bad White Sox, bad bullpen, yeah. bad pitch. When you get this chance this yeah. month with Kansas City's a bad pitching team, Oakland's a bad. Gotta take advantage. You've got to take advantage, and you'd sure love to see these like seven two nine three <laughs> little add on yesterday. Little, yes, give these guys a little break because you know what's coming well, in September. Up. It and adds October. up, right? I mean, we mentioned this earlier. Why? Why was Munoz up the day before? Well, because unfortunately, Spire couldn't get through a clean ninth, and he gives up a couple of base runners and a run or two, yep. and the next thing you know, the tying runs at the plate, and Scott's like, yeah, I'm not messing around nope. with blowing a five-run lead late in this game. Sorry, give me Munoz. That's right. I don't blame him. Yep, but, but that the domino, next day, that's right. right, Munoz has to get back up. Is that what affected him? I don't know. I, I don't think Andres Munoz has a ninth-inning problem. I really don't. I could be wrong. I don't think it's Do you a, think, as John Smoltz said to us yesterday, though, because I've heard this from a few of my athletic buddies, yep. not baseball players, but just athletic buddies. And it's a snap judgment that a fan's going to make and a former athlete's going to make. But when Smoltz is like, please don't tell me there's no such thing as a clutch gene. Yeah. Please, whatever you do, well, I, because you're telling me you never competed in the arena at the highest level. That's what you're telling me. That Those were Smoltz's words, right? Do you think there is something about in the difference you know, between, and I know Mooney did it in Houston in the eighth against Altuve and Bregman yeah. in the very best. So there is a case and an argument. I don't think in his case, I'm not saying that the clutch gene doesn't exist. Maybe it does, maybe not. I don't think that what I've seen with Munoz is not a ninth inning problem. What it's I've seen with problem. Munoz is a stuff problem. Yeah. He doesn't look like the guy that we were watching. And when you have a slider that is spinning up there way too often, throwing those mm-hmm. concrete mixers, mm-hmm. when his fastball doesn't have quite the same life on mm-hmm. it, when the slider doesn't break, even the good ones aren't breaking as sharply as they were before, I don't think that's an issue with the ninth inning. I think that's an issue with Andres Munoz. You know whose ball moves a lot? And I don't know baseball savant matches just with what the TV copy shows me. Do you know whose ball at times just moves like a wiffle ball? Uh, I mean, obviously Castillo and Brash, but... The Thornton guy. Now it sometimes moves and like dips right the into guy the guy we watched yesterday. Yeah, the center center. But oh, Thornton. Sorry, Thornton. I thought you were talking Weaver. No, Thornton. yeah, Thornton's got a nice slider. Yes, he does. Weaver had a nice little changeup yesterday. That was kind of fun to watch. That yep. had some movement to it. Yep. But Munoz is not having that sharp break. Yep. And if and if you're not going to have the sharp break mm-hmm. and your velocity's down a couple of ticks, not a lot. He's still throwing ninety eight, ninety nine. But it's not 99-102, yep. right? And so all of a sudden, you, you add those two things together. I don't think he has a ninth-inning problem. I think he's got That's a problem. problem. I think I probably agree with that. And, and you know, so then you start adding those things up. I'm going to keep saying it. I would really like to see Justin Topa get those innings. I would really like – I would have liked to have seen Justin Topa in the ninth yesterday. Mm-hmm. And maybe they're trying to stay away from him. I think he had pitched the day before also. So maybe they're trying to stay away from Topa. I, 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 you never know exactly who's available, mm-hmm. who's not, mm-hmm. when they want to use somebody, mm-hmm. when they don't. I, I've been so impressed with Topa, with the stuff, with the mentality, with the kind of ability to do multiple things out on the mound in a clean inning like coming in in the ninth there yesterday. Yeah. I would, I think, after yesterday especially, and just given where Munoz is at, physically, yes. not mentally, physically, I think I'd like to see Topa get a lot more of those opportunities. You like that Kraken comp at the end? I do. Yeah, I do remember Jerry talking about that. And remember, Jerry's like a huge hockey fan, has been super into watching the Kraken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're de- depth, it's they're the gritty, depth. There's veteran, yeah. there's role players, everybody's buying in, all of it. 
And I do. I mean, you you scoffed at me, but it's true. Anybody that's that's golfed with Salk, and it's a small list out there. But if you've golfed with Salk, you do realize. And I'm going to stand up and you Please know stop. No, with, with the driver, you only with the driver. You've done all these different techniques. But I'm just telling Please you, stop. don't sink in your because like, you'll do some of this stuff and you'll like sink down. You know, don't we can't see you on camera. Don't okay, right here. Yeah, sometimes Salk will really stop. try to don't, sink in. Go. Don't sink in your legs. A little more upright. Be the athlete you are, and then that club will just whip through. When you're an athlete, don't you usually want to be lower? Low man wins? Not in golf. Think low, about low it. Low man wins? Yeah, you think so with Julio's legs. Just sink into it. No, no, no. Be a little bit more upright. Okay. Really let all that power um, explode I'm, through. I'm really, really glad to hear you Well, say you're going to do it tomorrow. Thank you're gonna, you. You're, you're going to thank me tomorrow. You're, I'm already thanking you. You're going to text me on the way home and go, dude, I'm, you were right. Ar- and you know you're what? You're scoffing me now. Our audience is thanking you for this incredible sports breakdown that you've given them. I think everybody is thanking Comparing you. Comparing right you to Julio? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that's very fair. It's a natural comp. I'm surprised Jerry didn't make two tremendous athletes. We'll come right back. Give you things you actually need to know that have thankfully nothing to do with my golf game. It is Brock and Salt Seattle sports on 710. Need to know 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salt. Here's what you need to know up first. Well, an interesting conversation with Jerry DePoto. He's right. This Mariner team has been red hot over the course of the last few weeks, and it's fun when it all works that way because one seems to beget the next. Funny how it's all so contagious. You know, whether it was a big hit or clean innings and just giving us a chance and, and passing the baton, the whole lineup, up and down the lineup, everybody was hitting, everybody was swinging at good pitches, that there was a focus that, that frankly was exciting to watch and you know and our pitching like it has been you know generally answers the call you know day after day and right now we're playing the best baseball that we've played all year long and 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 really just great baseball period a couple of news updates and items out of the jerry interview last hour which you can listen to at seattlesports.com uh the uh, jerry kelnick out of the boot still continuing to work but no real progress or or update there uh, as for Emerson Hancock, it's a lat injury that would have been about six to eight weeks because that would take him through the end of the season. They wanted the 40-man spot, so they will shut him down for the year. We asked him just about the pitching depth in general. They're not going to go now to a six-man rotation. They will maybe skip a start or two with some of the off days at the end of the year. But there is a little question there as to the pitching depth. We're at a time in the in the baseball calendar where you don't have a lot of access to players that don't play in your own organization. So, you know, being in tune with the transaction wire and, and what's happening and, you know, in, in the, the non-traditional markets, you know, waiver wires, it's free agents, it's, it's players without. That's where your depth's coming from if it's not from your own organization. But having lost Emerson with no Robbie Ray, with no Marco Gonzalez, you know, already having tapped into Bryce Miller and Brian Wu and then, you know, Emerson Hancock, there's, there's only so far you can go before you, you start to wobble a little bit. And, and we, we left the house to go find a guy that we thought could help, both in, in providing length in our bullpen and potentially stepping in if we needed a next depth starter. Yeah, so that's both Weaver and, and throw Thornton mm-hmm. onto that list as well. But it's certainly something to watch here over the course of the next few weeks. Yeah, I, lo- I love the comparison at the very end to the Kraken. Jerry's a, a hockey guy as well. And, you know, comparing his team to them and calling us both grinders. It's about our depth. It's about getting under the skin. And if there's one thing over the last, I don't know, couple decades in Seattle with the baseball team here in town, the good ones that catch fire, 
that you just want to follow along and you can't get away from, whether it's Soto Mojo, whether it's Refuse to Lose, whether it is Believe, there is something about this time of year that Jerry said where everybody buys in because it is so much fun being in the race. Here's the second thing you need to know. Unfortunately, baseball news was some really bad news last night. Here's Angels GM Perry Manassian to explain. Obviously, Shohei left the game today. Um, We did imaging in between games. He does have a tear, uh, you know, and he won't pitch the rest of the year. So we're going to get a second opinion, go from there, but it's basically day-to-day. Obviously, he hit. So, um, you know, that's that's where we're at. That's a UCL tear? Yes. Yeah. God, he just sounds like he's seen a ghost. I mean, just, oh, my God. I went all in at the deadline. I mean, it was obviously partly his owner's decision to go do that, but they make all those deals at the deadline. Mike Trout came back and is now back to the IL less than 48 hours later. Uh, Otani is not going to pitch again this year. And the Angels are 5-16 and 16 in August. Yeah. What an absolute train wreck. Yeah, I think, gosh, being a GM in any sport is difficult. I think it's hardest in baseball. There's just so many things out of your control. And the injuries, they're everywhere. They're all sports. But the injuries to the arm at an all-time high. Mm. And no matter what you do, no matter what path you try to go, no matter what kind of preventative... Di- I mean, you just as how many times has Passon said that to us over and over and over in a New York Times bestselling book, The Arm? Can't recommend that one enough. And it was relevant a decade ago. It's just as relevant today. And what a bummer for baseball. Yeah. What a bummer for the game of baseball to see the Babe Ruth of this era just unable to sustain. Here's the third thing you need to know. Seahawks getting ready for their third preseason game on Saturday morning. Uh, they will go to Green Bay and take on the Packers. 10 a.m. start. Meanwhile, their biggest rival in the division, the Niners, finally making some decisions on the quarterback front. Yes, Brock Purdy will be the starter. As for the number two job, here's Kyle Shanahan on KMBR yesterday. Really starting back from OTAs all the way to now. I mean, it was a hell of a battle. They, they were neck and neck for a long time, but just really over these last, you know, 10 days and stuff we felt sam started to separate himself um, we felt he did it in practice consistently and um, he's been getting better each day uh, trey made it real tight he made it tough uh, it was an easy decision for us but um, we felt you know with the the work that they both put in this game um, you know our decision was made before this game so felt what i owed it at least to trey to tell him first and foremost so i brought him in this morning and let him know and um, now we're here the thing about that conversation brock they're not talking about the starting job. <laughs> That's about the backup job. Right. He didn't have to tell Trey Lance, hey, you really battled hard for the starting job. Unfortunately, we're going to give it to the other guy. That's the backup job. Mm-hmm. Yikes. For the former number three pick in the draft. Now, both those guys are former number three picks. But he was the number three pick in San Francisco. With that talent They gave him. up everything yes. to go get. But yet... And you think to yourself, like, oh, it's going to catch up to him. Oh, it's going to blow up in their face. Oh, it's going to totally, uh, John Lynch going to be fired. Right? I mean, you, you make that kind of mistake, you're usually done. Until you draft Mr. Irrelevant mm-hmm. with the last pick in the seventh round. And he turns out to be Brock Purdy. Right? Tom Brady in the sixth round. It turns out to be Tom Brady. Like, it just, I know in all of these sports, you never know. And I know injuries play a big part of it. And heck, Brock is coming off of Tommy John surgery himself. So it's a significant injury. But it sure feels like that hit with Brock in the seventh 
minimizes some of the unbelievable damage of what they did to go up and get him number three. All right, that is everything you need to know a quarter past every hour here on the Brock and Salk Show. Yeah, no, it it absolutely minimizes it. We'll see what is real about Brock Purdy. I mean, you know, we're having some of those conversations about Geno. Don't you think there are even more to be had in San Francisco? Yeah, because he has. Coming off of injury? Well, he has physical limitations. Like, when I look at Geno, there's not much. He can throw every ball. And by the way, him and Penix, just watching them in person on the same day, throw such beautiful catchable, mm-hmm. tight spirals and soft. I mean, it's it's great velo, but it's still catchable. Like, Brock Purdy can't push the ball deep down the field. Like, there's things that he just physically doesn't do at, a, at, an, at an A level. It's kind of like uh, Mac Jones out there in New England. The same reason why, with both those guys, I'm like, what? I just don't remember that draft and leading up to it. Like, I, I don't hit on all these quarterbacks. Nobody can. But there are some that I'm very clear, like, come on, man, that's not the third pick in the draft. Mac Jones, that skill set, I mean, it's not top 10, top 15. They can play, and if they're surrounded with the right cast and the right system, they can be a a great system QB, as they both were collegiately. But when it comes to just elite skill sets, there's not a lot there. Who do you think starts more games in San Francisco this week? This year? This year, rather. Purdy does. Purdy? More than Sam Darnold? Yeah, I think so. Because he can, and, and he's got one of the best crafter of plays in all the NFL. And he's got so many weapons and such a great defense. And there's Debo and there's McCaffrey and there's Kittle and there's no line and there's, you know, Ayuk. And, yep, there's a lot of weaponry for him to just minimize his deficiencies. When are they going to hit that sort of inflection point? You know what I mean? Well, Mr. Bosa has been sitting out. You know, he wants his money. So once the the Rams hit it, right? Like you keep adding all that talent, eventually kind of hits a point Mm -hmm. where you get top heavy and everything sort of falls over on you, right? And we saw it happen to the Rams. Is there any chance that happens to them this year? or are we still one year Yeah, away? their depth is not what Seattle Seahawks' depth is, right? That's why, again, that comp to the Kraken's a mm. pretty good one. Your fourth line for the Seahawks is better than the fourth line of the 49ers. Their first line, it's got a lot of stars. Yeah, Stars? Yeah, I'm talking stars, Coach Peterson. A lot of stars up there. But as far as overall depth, they're starting to feel that. And then what happened with the Rams? You get injuries. Right, Cooper Cup gets hurt or Stafford gets banged up, and, and you then nothing. you get totally exposed. So, are the Seahawks poised with their depth to topple a team with more stars? We'll discuss coming up next. Brock and Salt, Seattle Sports on seven ten SeattleSports.com. This this is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. How do the Seahawks catch the Niners? That was a question we kept asking. It's funny. We kept asking that question about the Mariners and the Astros all last offseason. And, you know, Texas took obviously a step forward this year. But... They've kind of caught the Astros. I mean, they're, what, half a game behind them, and they've beaten them, what, mm-hmm. seven out of nine times or whatever it is, eight out of ten, whatever it is this year. Six. Out, I forget the numbers, but you know my point. They've, they've, yep. they've kind of dominated the eight Astros this year. Eight and two. Okay, there you go. They're eight and two against the Astros. So they did sort of catch the Astros. Unfortunately, they weren't paying attention to the other horse that kind of you know snuck by them on the rail. But you know, is that what ends up happening now with the Seahawks, right? We've been having a lot of conversation about catching Catching the Niners, catching the Niners. I'm going to be just kind of out of the corner of my eye, Watching paying attention to the Rams. Uh, yes, you should because I I don't I'm not going to pay any the 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 Cardinals disaster or the A's. Yes, <laughs> like that yeah. is. Yep. Except they're at, yeah they're like a combination of the A's and White Sox, just bad organization, bad everything. Yep. But the Rams. Yep. 
They have a kind of Rangers feel to them, and I, I'm not interested in watching them kind of sneak by on the rail well, while you, you're paying attention yeah. to the other team. And you get them in the opener, which I don't love, by no. the way. But before, Weird things happen in week one. Yes, they do. So that's not an ideal. Now, it is at home, but that's not, to me, give McVay all this time to Weird prep. Weird things and, happen in week and, one, and, man. I, and I know you want to get to something else here, but let me just no. say that if, gosh, a football fan would have loved the time yesterday golfing with Damon and Coach Peterson. And I don't think I'm speaking out of turn. There were a lot of things I'm not going to, fun stories, just amazing background and stuff. But I did ask Chris because he's been on this tour, and he is such a football guy. And so he's been down at a bunch of the colleges and the NFL camps, and he is still just in this quest for learning. So I said, hey, everywhere you have been this month, what stood out to you? What was, like, the most amazing thing you saw? And he's like, uh, Aaron Donald. Uh, never seen anything like that guy. <laughs> That's that's not, I mean, that's not possible. What he does, I mean, he's just not. And so Aaron Donald, you get week one wound up at his very, very best, very, very healthy. Or he's gotten beat up or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. So, no, you better keep an eye on the Rams. Just as people didn't keep an eye on the Seahawks in this conversation yeah, last year, oh, I, they're done. I can't have oh, they're rebuilding. The oh, it's Geno Smith. Oh, Pete's old. Oh, yeah, be, I'm not burying them. I can't have my eye on the Rams. Yep. It's funny. We, we played you the sound earlier. I'll do it again. This is Colin Cowherd talking about the Seahawks maybe even winning the NFC West. He didn't even really mention the Rams. So this is my revelation. What am I doing here? Seattle had another good draft. I was overthinking Seattle, and I was overthinking the NFC West. Arizona's in a total rebuild. The Rams are in a semi-rebuild, and San Francisco... Brock Purdy's not healthy. Trey Lance drama. Sam Darnold's looked better than both at practice and in their games. There's too much noise. There's just, it's just too much noise at quarterback, even though they have the best roster. So there is my revelation. Most productive quarterback from last year. Coaching continuity. Seattle is now in NFC West. How concerning is the noise in San Francisco? Pretty concerning. Pretty concerning, but I think Kyle does a pretty good job of cutting that off. If they stay healthy, they have got still loaded, loaded star power. Uh, before we dig further, just family business time. Family, personal questions. Justin, Mora, it's kind of family time. Let's huddle go. up. Yeah. Huddle up, get in the huddle. I'm calling everybody in the huddle. Where do you have your revelations? Because you know Colin's got his backyard in L.A. He has a cocktail. He's out by his fire. You know that he's just processing, leg crossed, just thinking through his revelations. Mine are obviously in the bathtub. That's my thinking tank, right? Like, that's just where I, you know, zone out, think, try to process. Where's your revelation song? Where do they come? Maura, Justin? Oh, mine's easy. Mine's a long motorcycle ride by myself. Yeah. That's the best. I could see that. Yeah, especially when you get out of the city. On a scooter or motorcycle? Both. Both. Yeah, just get on two wheels. Yeah, somewhere to get out of town. Like, get yeah. away from the stoplights. Mm-hmm. It's the only way it works. Oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. Maura? I feel like they come to me different places. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it sparked by, like, maybe something you're listening to? Could or be. Something? Sure. Sure. I mean, I we, don't have a certain. Okay, great. No, I'm not. At, yeah, that's fine. It's awesome. So I'm, I'm still waiting for a revelation. <laughs> I know at some point one is going to happen. No, you said before bed you had this no. little thought about. Generally, brash. though, my revelations come while talking to people. Yeah, I, you I, are. I'm a verbal, verbal processor. Yeah. Sometimes they come while I'm thinking, but then most people seem to disagree with the revelations I have anyway. So yes. uh, I, we don't need to spend a lot of time on That's where they point. come for good. me. Okay, great. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's sort of a. I'll let you guys handle that conversation. I'll just kind of stay over here and yes. and listen and, and and learn maybe something or another. Yep. I did write yesterday about this though and trying to figure out with all the hype around the Seahawks all of a sudden, what is hype? What's hope? 
Like what 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 is real, what's not, and what is sort of fragile as you're as you're right now in the beginning of this season trying to figure out what this team is going to look like. Everybody's got hope right now. Hype versus hope. I like that. Yeah. That's a good revelation. Thank you. Yeah, and you did it through your writing. So it's not just verbally. It's the when you write as well. You sometimes have said, that's where you think. Yeah, sometimes yeah. It, it sort of comes All to right. me as I start, okay, give me, start writing. writing. Give me a, yeah, oof, strong, hot, hot hype versus hope. Give me a few things here. Hype or hope? Well, I, yeah. I mean, and I sort of went r- real or fragile, but yeah, hype versus hope. Coaching. That is. There's not hype there. That's real. I think it's absolutely real. Now, right? I, now, KJ and I are on the same page with this one. Clint Hurt has got a big watch for me. You know, there, there have been a number of coordinators through the years. If you think of Pete, most of them have been poached. But Gus Bradley got, got poached for a head job. Dan Quinn got, got poached for a head job. Chris Richard just didn't really work. Ken Norton gave three years and I think a better linebacker coach than coordinator. And Clint Hurt's getting year number two. It's a big year for Clint Hurt. He's got, to me, you want to talk about like the most pressure, and maybe we'll do that in the next couple weeks leading up to game number one. You want to talk about most pressure, he is on the medal stand. He's top three mm-hmm. in that building of the most pressure you know on what? him. That was actually in my column. I kind of threw that in there. Did you really? I mentioned Clint Hurt and kind of where he's at. But from the head coaching spot, I, I feel as, as good about it as anywhere else. Yes. Depth feels real, yep. right? I mean, just watching them just beat up on these teams, especially late in these preseason games, knowing that they're going to have guys cut that will probably get picked up elsewhere in a way that we haven't seen in a while, uh, and even more specifically, that they have depth at specific positions. Mm-hmm. Like, they've got... Depth at running back, depth got, at quarterback, depth at tight end. Well, let me just tell you, they've got three starting caliber safeties, five starting caliber cornerbacks, Two starting caliber running backs, three top receivers, three very real tight ends, yep. four legitimate threats at out, outside linebacker. And ultimately what I kind of came out of it thinking is that in the past, Pete's all into competition. And it has felt like some of those camp battles have become, someone's mm-hmm. got to start. Mm-hmm. So let these guys battle to see who it is. These competitions this year feel like they're there because someone has to sit. Mm-hmm. Like, well, someone's got to sit. Yeah, KJ would tell you, man, like, that's awesome problem to have, but you better be transparent. Right. You better really let these guys know where they are because they want to play. But that depth sure seems very, very yep. real. Okay. Uh, to me, the, the biggest sort of fragility on the team is the roster design. Where your best players are, the positions that they play. And where some of your biggest money has been spent, mm-hmm. right? Safety you've spent more than anybody else in this league. Wide receiver with Tyler and DK, the 20th pick in the draft. There's a lot of resources on the perimeter. And how much of that? Strengthened your defense as a cornerback mm-hmm. and even at outside linebacker. Just it's a lot of strength on the outside. Or what are you going to be doing in the middle of the football field? Yeah, it was interesting seeing Dre Jones the other day, not in pads. And, you know, seeing him out there. And what did you think of him? I thought that uh, it was, he's 55. Yep. Frank Clark was 55. There's a lot of Frank Clark build. I know he's got more mass and he carries 290, 295, but he doesn't, it look, doesn't it. look like that's it. That's a good thing, by the way. That's not a negative. Like, that's a. Good... But when you see him and say, like, this guy's going to stop the run? Yeah. It's hard to like see what it's going to look like, and we haven't seen him yet in the preseason. So this isn't like just one series, you know, just just a couple snaps there. I have no idea what Dre Jones is going to look like Correct. during the season. I'm really excited to see it, and yep. I'm excited for him. And I think he's got a lot of skills. Did it look like on the flip side of that, Jaron's put on a few? I think they wanted him to. Correct, right to kind of play inside. Yeah, it looks even like more. he has added a little more because he too is a guy that probably carries two ninety to three ten. Yeah, and he's probably on that three ten end. 
even though he's sitting in that steam room with Mike Robb hanging out. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little jealous. Um, yeah, that I mean, that's no no team in this league. Okay, there's not one team one through thirty two that can go. Oh yeah, we're, we're great. Roster construction depth wise through fifty, we're right. great. That just Everywhere. doesn't happen. Right, does not happen. So your area of a little bit of intrigue over the next couple weeks is going to be interior depth on that O line. Now maybe receiver with the injuries there and the suspension there. Maybe that comes into play. Mm-hmm. I'd be very 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 surprised. If the team on paper and on the Seahawk website right now is the team and there's not an outside addition or two. Yeah, it just seems like they need another wide receiver. They need another defensive lineman. There might be another linebacker. And they make moves this time of year. Yeah, That's where John's relationships come into play. That is where there is a trust. And this guy's not trying to get one over me. Like, no, let's do good for one another. Let's mm-hmm. let's let's make this happen. Let's let's better each other. Let's give us both the best chance we have in a league that is volatile and injury prone anyway, but hey man, let's how let's let's truly do a deal. Yeah. A deal that's good for both of us. Well, and I think you will see that in the next couple if weeks. If you guys have some time today, you can go read uh, more in-depth thoughts there at seattlesports.com. Uh more had some uh, you had some Russell Wilson quotes for us this morning. You seem kind of fired up in there. More has been fired up today. Has she? Yeah, I don't know what it is. She's fired up this morning like, about Quinn like and fired Actually, earlier, what else were you ranting about earlier? And I was like, I was telling you a funny story about Quinn and Williams. I know, but then you started get ranting about. Maura, it at the were end you of it. actually ranting? I just said a, <laughs> like a actually, quip that he should have said back to Mike Evans because Mike he was upset that Mike Evans hurt his feelings and called him fat. Right, and what should he have said to Mike Evans? Well, at the end, when he went up to Mike Evans, this was on Hard Knocks, and said. Hey, you called me fat. I didn't like it. You could very clearly see a bald spot on the back of Mike Evans' head. And I just said that that would have been what he should have come back at. Maureen. Vulnerability. Yeah. Little Maureen today. Those Pringle fingers turn into claws. (laughs) Do you you want to hear Quentin? It was actually, he's one of my favorite things about Hard Knocks. Uh, This was him talking about Mike Evans. Mike Evans called me fat. He called me fat, bro. Mike Evans. Bro, I lost weight this offseason. I look fat. Now I'm self-conscious, bro. Yeah, I would say you're not Damn, bro. You said you're not thin? His teammate said, I would say you're not skinny. (laughs) (laughs) And then his teammate goes on to say, but you're fit for a non-skinny person. Right. Is that Mike Evans, the radio morning host in Denver, Mike no. Evans? Oh, the receiver. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought it was our sister station no. morning host Stop guy. It. No, all right. Yeah. You're a detail. Oh, I'm sorry. You did, want the, you did want the Russell Wilson. Yeah, what's going on with oh. Russ? Mm. Um, so he talked to someone from Pro Football Talk um, mm-hmm. about the pressure this season. Mm. And this is the direct quote. Do I feel the pressure? No. I don't run from it. I look forward to it. I run to it, if anything. I don't understand how that all makes sense. If you don't feel pressure, you can't run for it, from it, or into it, or anything. If you don't mm. feel it, mm. that actually makes no sense. <laughs> right? Oh. I mean, yeah, so he exists. He acknowledges existence. I'm trying to. Yeah, that's what I say. He ex- he understands that pressure is a thing. He doesn't feel it himself, but he runs to it. But he runs to it. Yeah, and I think what he's saying is that it runs away from him. Like he runs to the pressure, and the pressure fear him, fears him, and takes off running the in the other feels direction. Russell. Yes. Oh. oh yeah, I don't feel the pressure. The pressure feels me. Mm. Yeah, he's turning that on his head, man. Yes. He he's uh, he's playing was... chess. Jokes aside, Brock, you have said something over and over again, and I think you're absolutely right about. It, and this makes me think about it again. 
That dude misses Trevor Moat a lot. A lot. That was his his I mental miss skills Trevor. coach. I miss Trevor Moat. By all, yeah, I didn't really know the yeah. man very well, but mm-hmm. I, by all accounts, a great guy. I remember he passed away a couple of years ago. Yep. And he and Russ were very very close. You've often said that you know he misses having somebody who could just be in his ear and tell him honestly what's going That's on. That's right. It also just feels like he's searching to like try to get some of that same philosophy in his mm-hmm. mind and he just he mm-hmm. he's not as good at it yep. and without trevor he ends up saying stuff like this which is gobbledygook yeah which was the whole year last year like you just can't you just can't say that just just stop it's and just trevor was that stop and trevor was just such a terrific guy i really i mean i you know you say i miss him he, he helped my my girls he helped sam by the way a little quick shout out to sam heward captain oh Yep, got oh uh, started, obviously starter down there at uh, Cal Poly, but uh, yeah, it was pretty neat, man. Nominated captain, so just in a few short months, has done a really neat job down there. We should so. do captain's ranked at some point, Justin. I don't think we've ever done that. Have we not? We got the captain wow. and Tennille. I, mean, oh, I thought you were saying we should do captains as a show. Oh, I mean, <laughs> show captains? Who's the captain? See who gets voted? Yeah, I mean, that'll be fun. You obviously got Jeter one, right? I mean, he's <laughs> Dear Lord. Captain. Play Have me the ranked done? music, please. <laughs> got a list? Time to put it in order. Fred Dwarmfor's house. Top five. Top five meals that I have ever had. This is Ranked. To be honest, that list was really biased. Brought to you by Carter Volkswagen. Every morning at 945 on Brock and Saw. Yeah, top ten list. I'm not buying that. Ranked. All right, today, Justin, what are we ranking? Pulled up in front of me. Uh, I was reading a bunch of articles last night about every team's biggest fear going into the uh, NFL season, so... Fears. Fears ranked. Fears ranked. Fears ranked. Fears ranked. This one's easy for me. Any horror movie, number one. They're all horrible, and they should not be allowed to advertise them on television. I think it should be illegal. Oh, see, that would actually make sense if it was in ranked, but I'm assuming it's just words. You know, I didn't realize well, yeah, but Martin still. Scorsese. Yeah. That Cape Fear was a takeoff like of a... Oh, is that on the... Oh, it sorry. is, but go ahead. Yeah. Is list. it on the list? It's, on the, it's an honorable Oh, mention. good, good, good. Yeah. Okay. That movie... Scared the crap. That one, see, that type of movie doesn't really? scare me. Primal, I, primal fear got me. That, that guy. I read that, Primal Fear. The De Niro, book on William Deal. Is that character was? Oh, see, that stuff doesn't scare me. It's the oh. supernatural that scares me. Oh. Like I see The Exorcist and I want to run out of the theater. Primal Fear, oh. or Fear, or or mm. uh, Cape Fear, like. Eh. I'm kind of fine with that. So that battle, not against flesh and blood, but the other. Yeah, the the yeah. the idea of the supernatural oh, yeah. terrifies oh, me to my there. core. Oh, it's real. But you can't say like real not people. Me doesn't really doesn't really get me okay. the same way. Oh, really? Yeah, not the uh, same thing. You got fear factor. Start off, you'll each be strapped down in this chair, and then one at a time, your arm will be pierced by ten of these razor sharp needles that vary in thickness. <laughs> so stupid, Joe Rogan. Yeah. <laughs> I think I could have done okay on that show, actually. Yeah, like the Eating everything. Oh, blood. There's always like some Other than sort of snakes. Yeah, that's snakes a, you, you would have out. done much better than me on snakes that Snakes would have been out. Yeah. Is, that, is that your biggest fear, then? Snakes? Oh, I hate snakes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, right there with you. It's not even fear. I just hate them. They're the serpent. I Did hate I tell them. you that mm. when Heather and Avery were in uh, Japan, they saw a sea snake, a venomous sea snake in the water? <laughs> yeah. They go over to the guy working there like, hey, it's a venomous sea snake over there. And he's like, yeah, that's pretty cool. You saw it. They're like... No, it's not don't, cool. Don't it's a venomous sea snake. Have you ever held like a boa no, or a wrap, let a python horrifying. wrap around you? Not or, a no, not no, a disgusting. Absolutely horrifying. I'm not a psychopath. No. Yeah, seriously. Absolutely <laughs> no. Uh, you got fear and loathing in Las Vegas, the book and the movie. Wait, we can't stop here. This is bad country. 
I hate that book. I know people love it. I absolutely hated it. Uh, let's see. Sense. Huh? That makes sense. I hated it. Oh like, actually? I actually hated it. That's Fearless from Taylor Swift, Brock. I know you knew that one. You were mm. probably going to get there. And since tomorrow will be a fella Friday, let's make sure we get a little fella cootie. Is the best. It's like a 25 minutes on. Of course. Yes. That's Fear Not for Man, fella cootie. We got some Kendrick Lamar. When I was 27, I grew accustomed to more fear. Accumulated 10 times over throughout the years. My newfound life made. Yeah, that's Fear from Kendrick Lamar. A couple years ago, Tool came out with Fear Inoculum. The uh, hardcore band Fear Before the March of Flames, which I'm sure you were going to mention. You know, I was. I'm glad that you uh, got there before me, but yep. thank, thank you yep. for doing that. Yep. That's important. Gotcha. Uh, let's see. Toad the Wet Sprocket had the album Fear. Walk on the ocean. Step on the storm. Justin, I know you wanted this one to be in the top five. I'm starting to disappoint you. There's not enough hacky sacks and drum circles in the world. You know what, though? While you're listening to that, you could put on like a No Fear hat. You'd be, oh. it'd fit right in with the '90s. Brock, do you ever have a no fear shirt or hat or anything like that? No, really, no. Because I acknowledge fear. I live in the real world. <laughs> what about the picture for? I the- don't feel fear. I run to it, into mm. it. How do you feel mm. about pass interference? <laughs> That's not fear. That's F E R E. What about interferon? Within the word. How not- about the movie Fear of a Black Hat? Ah. What was the picture for the A's? Was it fears or fires? Fires. 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 Yeah, I think that was Remember, fun. That, was, that one always used to get me hard. Yeah. That's a tough one. That's a good one, though. Yeah. That's kind of funny. That's a hard one for me. You got Mark Wahlberg was in the movie Fear, of course. Mm. Marky Mark, yeah. I'm sure you thought of that one. Mm. Would you like to uh, get to the top five? Fear.com. Wouldn't mind. Oh, you're ready? You feel like you're ready for the top five? Mm-hmm. Number five for me is the Naked Gun two and a half, The Smell of Fear. I've been swimming in raw sewage. I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> They can't get out of the van. That is so such good. a funny scene in that movie. Remember, do you remember what's happening? He's, he's being he's like, if I need you, I'll say I, I love, love it. it. Is he still alive? No, he died. Nielsen? He no. did? Oh. What's that smell? Oh, that would be me. I've been swimming I in raw sewage. It. And I love it. And they it. back the van up to the post. They can't save him. That's fantastic. I said I love it. Do you think he was that funny in real life or just put that character on? Well, he was a serious actor before he started yeah, doing true. all of those things. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know whether he was specifically Pretty diverse, funny. Dude. He was funny. But, man. oh, my gosh. gosh. I mean, those characters are just just unbelievable. They're so good. See the 509 <laughs> Fear Factory? I know. I know Salk's not going to have that in the oh, top five. Oh, sorry. I, it's not in the top five. Okay. Yeah, we mentioned them, though. Is that a band? Yeah. Yeah, you don't have to play it. Number four. In order to fight the power, Fight the power. You know that is? That's Public Enemy? From the album Fear of a Black Planet. Fight the Power. Fight the Power. That's sort of their big album. Deserves to be up here, I agree. You know, they have like lists, pro baseball reference, of all the players that have played in MLB Mm -hmm. and the NFL. Every list of how many artists have made an album. Me. I mean... We used to have, when I was a kid, we used to have this Billboard book that had every song that had made the top 100 in Billboard. 
It's pretty cool. We would like this before the internet, uh-huh. and you, it was listed by artist to end by song. Wow, it was pretty cool. Wow, yeah, that was about as close as I've ever seen. Gosh. Now, I mean, anybody can make an album. So throw it online. So many, including parts. from the eighties. Tears. Tears. on that one. Where are you? I really was. Do you know the top two? Can you guess either of the top two? No. Really? Mm-mm. I feel oh, like both of the top two are pretty... Cape fear and Tears for Fears were my two fears. I thought that, I think both of the top two are pretty famous. And I've gone back and forth over what's two and what's one. This probably should be number one, but at least for today, it's number two. Let me assert my firm belief. Do you know what he's going to say next? Keep going, That please. the only thing please. we have to fear it's is... You're right. Fear itself. There you go. Ah, oh, Winston. What? <laughs> what? Churchill, oh, no. I loved him. Stop it. You know he took baths, too. Stop it. Dropped his accent really quick. Stop it. <laughs> You're joking, right? You know Churchill did love baths. I'm sure he did, but you know that's not Churchill, Please. right? Yeah. Okay. I think. <laughs> I think you know that. Number one, everybody needs a little more cowbell this morning. Doing Don't Fear the Reaper. Number one, more cowbell. I used to also like to read the, the Fear Street series that by R.L. Stein, mm. the books growing up. I don't know what that yeah. is. They were scary books. If you don't like scary movies, you probably didn't. Probably no, don't I don't read like Stephen King. Fear I don't Street do R.L. Stein books? I believe so. Wow. Actually? Those are actually pretty good, I heard. <laughs> you guys ranked actuallys before? Thankfully not. We might have to rank captains, though. That sounds kind of fun. Oh, no. Yeah. There's not a... Ton here. Maybe got not. Captain Ahab. You have Captain oh, Crunch. Captain in on uh, Woodby Island. Captain Kirk. Yeah, we don't have to start now. Captain I mean, Brady. Captain Brady Henderson living on his boat. <laughs> <laughs> He's more of a commandant, I think I would say. Really, Captain Kirk. <laughs> kind of an admiral. All right, we got to run. Uh, Bump and Stacy will be coming your way next. We'll be back tomorrow morning, six a.m. Until then, the hay is in the barn barn. See everybody. Get to the chopper.